I am a little bit of a drama queen, but I definitely will be having a horrible day and then wash my hair, style it, and then think, okay, everything's actually all right. <laughs> and one of the best products I've tried recently is Waze New Hair Gloss. It takes five minutes. It's an easy addition to your routine. You do it in the shower. It's made with hyaluronic acid and rice water. Not only does the hair gloss give you immediate shine straight from the shower, it also helps treat damage and enhance color vibrancy, so your hair is looking and feeling healthier. It also helps prevent heat damage up to 450 degrees, which is very important to me. And then it's honestly just a bonus that my hair looks shinier and healthier. The hair gloss is only one of the amazing products that Way makes. They have an amazing leave-in conditioner, a great detox shampoo, some lovely fragrances, and a hair oil. So give your hair a glow up with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and use promo code Lexi, L-E-X-I-E, for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com with promo code Lexi. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I'm in a mood. I feel a little silly. I feel happy, a little sleepy, but I'd rather be happy and sleepy than wide awake and anxious. And I have an exciting week ahead of me. My dad and Lola and Bentley, her dog, are coming in town and we're doing the holidays together. I'm actually really excited for it. And y'all, I'm desperately searching for structure in my life. I'm desperately searching for structure. I've had none and I've had very little um, supervision. I've had very little supervision this month. I've been alone in the apartment and I had a week of isolation. I just wasn't very mentally well. And when I fall into mentally ill spells. It's nice to have a friend and roommate in the apartment just to have eyes. I don't need to have someone watching over me, but it keeps me a little bit more in check when I know that there are eyes on me. And this month wasn't my best month. I'm a little disappointed in myself, to be honest, because I had such high hopes for myself. I had this allocated amount of time that I was going to be alone, and I wanted to use it to my advantage. I wanted to really dive into the internet and content creation again, but I felt very private this month. I felt less than inclined to share which I think is an interesting strategy for someone who creates content on social media, but really for anyone who has social media like we all do. You know how you will post on social media just to keep people updated with what you're doing? You do something fun, so you want to post photos so everyone knows that you're doing something fun. Something I found myself doing recently is when I'm doing something really fun, really funny, really cool, I almost make a point of it not to put it on my story so that people need to catch up with me in person to know what I'm up to. When I'm catching up with friends and I have all these stories to share, they wouldn't have known any of them had we not talked in person. I like keeping secrets to myself. I like having secrets. One of the only sexier things than being famous is being private and invisible. One of my sexiest friends, she is so hot, she is so smart, she is wealthy and talented and funny no photos on social media, none. And when she does post on her story, it's close friends only. So few people have access to her and there's something intriguing and sexy about that. Of course, I love having access to people and I can see all the fun things that they're doing, but there has been an interesting shift 
from not allowing everyone to have access, I also realized that I had 90 people on my close friends and I certainly do not have 90 close friends. And I would challenge you because this came up time and time again when I was bringing it up to my inner circle. I was like, I have 92 people in my close friends. And they're like, 92? <laughs> I have like 20 max. I was like, check. I bet you don't. I bet you have significantly more. All of them had like 40, 50, 60, 70. They were right up there with me. Now I have 12 close friends on my Instagram story. So then when I'm actually posting, because I used to, you know, on my close friends, just post something a little scandalous, but nothing too personal, just something that I wouldn't want the mainstream Instagram to see. But now I go full indulgent on the close friends. <laughs> I can just, I can give full first and last names if I feel so inclined which has been a fun shift because I used to just have mutuals on my close friends, but then to actually use Instagram close friends as a, I mean, there are so many ways that you can do these things. There are so many ways. There's a time and place for everything because there was a time and place where I wanted people that I followed to have an extra step closer into my life. I'm also on a podcast right now, right? This is me. This is me sharing with you. This feels different because you have to seek out this podcast, whereas Instagram is far more accessible to everyone. I mean, if you were to ask people in your life, how many of you listen to podcasts, there would be a small percentage that would raise their hands. But if you asked how many of you guys have Instagrams, I would say 90 to 100% would raise their hands. And that's the difference. Having unlimited access... Uh, because what I want my ego stroked I want you guys to see what I'm doing there's so many layers to social media and there's such an ebb and flow to how I feel about posting and sharing this changes throughout the year throughout the years but to bring it back to my initial thing I'm desperately looking for structure I purchased the artist way which is a 12-week course and it's by Julia Cameron and I'm just reading the introduction. I haven't really begun it, but I've seen online that two of the main pieces for this 12-week course are, one, writing three pages of dialogue first thing in the morning, and two, taking yourself on a weekly artist date, whether that's going to a museum, going to a park one afternoon and drawing, painting something, making something with your hands. I haven't read the book. I don't know, but... Oof something of the sort to incorporate a date with you and your creativity on a weekly basis and this morning I woke up and I was well rested which has only happened twice this week took my notebook to the family room and I sat in I, I've never called it the family room before <laughs> the living room whatever and I sat down and I wrote three pages and I didn't think I'd be able to fill three pages I felt good, but I didn't think that I had anything to talk about. And I ended up writing about the rules that I keep for myself. And I ended up discussing temptation when I give into it and what the little rules that I have for myself are while simultaneously having none. I had no idea that that was going to come out of my head this morning. And I think it's an interesting uh, topic to think about. So if you're looking for a journal prompt, I would recommend taking some time to think about the things that you demand of yourself, the disciplines that you have that are so ingrained in you, or maybe they're recently ingrained. Uh, they could be anything from, you know, making sure your apartment or your house is locked before you go to sleep every night. 
or one that I made in the recent years is I never sleep with my makeup on. Rules I don't have for myself. I can sleep and be awake whenever, wherever, at any time that I want. There's no time where I'm like, "Mm, you can't take a nap. If I feel like taking a nap, I take one. If I want to stay up all night, I do. But I think I would actually benefit from a little bit of regulation around that. I think having a wake-up time and a bedtime or at least a guideline for that would be really beneficial to me. And they can go more personal than this, but it's something interesting to think about. Another journal entry recommendation, a list of things or people that I'm jealous of. And the reason I think this is so beneficial is because jealousy indicates your area of desire. You're not going to be jealous of something that you don't have a desire to also have. And this is as rudimentary as someone flirting with someone that you're in a relationship with. You're like, but I desire to have this person's attention. I desire to have them in my life. So the idea of them flirting with someone else or someone else flirting with them, maybe that's going to make you a little jealous. Or someone's house or someone's work ethic, someone's career, someone's brand deals. I (laughs) wrote down that and there's like one person in particular that I am so jealous of the brand deals that they receive. I think they work with the best brands in th- that I've ever seen out of anyone. You know, jealous of certain people's body or I had one, um, a certain person's DMs. I just know that they're getting DM'd by all the people I would love to be chatting with. I was jealous of someone's time management, jealous of someone's bank account, jealous of someone's love life. You know, it's a really interesting area of your life to explore because it's going to share with you what you admire in people and what you desire to have in yourself as well so those are two for you and then after I'm done recording today I'm going to take a little time to edit the episode and then I'm going to continue reading the artist's way my reading goal for this year was 22 books in 2022 and I've read 21 since the artist's way is not it's a 12-week course I will not finish it by the end of the year so I need to find my final book and then next year I'm going to try to read 23 so I average a book about every two weeks give or take and I think of myself as a reader but 20 you know like 20 20 something books is not that many but I also am proud that in my adulthood I've made it a point and something that's important to me to make sure I read. Wow, I can't believe the year is coming to an end. Is this going to be my last episode of the year? We got to do a roundup, y'all. Okay. What were other goals of mine this year? I wanted to rest and relax. I cannot believe that I moved to California. Another goal of mine was to go on 12 dates. I think I went on 10, give or take, which that has done great things for an area of my life that I ignored for plenty of years. Um, if you followed me for a while, I dated someone for six years and it was an intense, serious, heavy relationship full of love, but it was a lot. It required a lot of energy. And after that relationship ended, I was burnt out and exhausted and I truly took a break from dating. You know, I always said I was open, but I wasn't ready. I was not ready to dive into another relationship. 2022 was the first year since that breakup that I've challenged myself to actively go on dates. That muscle hasn't been used in a while. It was so tired. 
that it needed to rest, but I didn't want it to become obsolete. I wanted to strengthen it and, you know, remind that muscle that it's still there. And each of the dates were very different, and I can see the difference in the beginning of the year towards the end of the year. They started off a lot more friendly versus towards the end of the year setting more intentional dates. I also was incredibly shy during dates at the beginning of the year. And I spent a lot of these dates asking what I thought I was supposed to ask and behave how I was, I believed I was supposed to behave um, to, I don't know, with the goal of having someone fall in love with me. I don't even really know why. I, I just thought I was doing what I was supposed to because that's what dating looked like. Come to December 2022, and the recent dates that I've been on, oh my god, if I have any dating advice, it's to say whatever you want and act however you want. That is going to attract the right thing into your life. I was on a date two, like a day or two ago, and there were certain things that I was just point blank asking him and it made the date so much more fun when something would pop into my head because if something popped into my head that I wanted to know about him, I didn't hesitate to ask. I was a much better listener because I was asking questions that I cared about and, you know, certain dates I've left not even knowing what someone does for work because I didn't care to ask them. I didn't care. Certain dates I've left, I don't know where someone went to school, but I know the secret ingredient in their grandma's chicken soup recipe or I'll know the feedback that their elementary school teachers left on their report cards. And those are things I find significantly more interesting. And it's led to better, more interesting dates. Truly, you cannot say the right thing to the wrong person and you cannot say the wrong thing to the right person. It's also nice to put what you want out on the table or be honest and say you don't really know what you want. Because even throughout my recent dates, I have... <laughs> Didn't I say in like a recent episode that I wasn't dating? I always say that and then I, I end up or vice versa. I'm like, yep, ready to date and then I don't go on a date for a month whatever. I was feeling it this week for whatever reason. I've grown a lot in this area and the fear, the jitters that I used to get before a date still exist. You know, even still, I was like walking into this date the other day and I thought I was going to fall over, okay? I thought my heart was going to give out and I was going to collapse on the street. And then as soon as the day began and we started chatting, it was all fine and the the flow just gets easier and easier. And it's it's nice. It's nice to just chat with someone and to poke fun. Also, I used to be so afraid of having an attitude or um, being impolite. On a date, I always wanted to be polite and well-mannered because that is who I was raised to be. But if your date is something stupid, you can roll your eyes. It's fine. You can call them out. You can be like, that's a dumb question. No. <laughs> you can also say no. And if you're in the mood to do something, then you should absolutely allow yourself. I think ultimately what I've learned through this dating experiment this year is to behave as myself. Being yourself doesn't necessarily mean showing all your cards. It means laughing when something's funny, but not laughing just for the sake of making them feel comfortable. It's saying, I don't feel like talking about that. If someone asks you a question that you're not in the mood to talk about, and then asking a question that you are interested in talking about, 
that is what I learned. And that is something I didn't have before this year. So that's been nice. I've also gone through countless journals, 21 books. I'm going to finish the 22nd. Where have I traveled this year? I've gone to Georgia and, oh, I don't know if I've talked to you. I don't think I've recorded an episode since I've been to Georgia. I was really stressed. I had not one, but two episodes about burnout. And I will say that a ton of you ask questions about burnout. So that's what I'm going to be spending a good portion of the second half of this episode on is answering your questions that you had regarding burnout. Oh, I have had an episode. Yeah, I feel a lot better. I have, I forgot that I told you guys the story of my plane ride and <laughs> it's fine now. It's fine. That was in the second episode of burnout. I had forgotten. Um, what are other things that I did this year? I'm blonde. I'm a platinum blonde right now. And I'm loving it, actually. And I also like that it's a full dye. I've always wanted to have a full dyed head of blonde, not just highlights. And my hair takes bleach so well. Don't know why. Love it. I think it's because of my Swedish roots. That I have so many bright, bright blonde family members that my hair is like, no, we, this isn't our blood. We can handle this. Maybe that could be a horrible hypothesis, but that's what I'm thinking. What else have I done this year? I wasn't planning on this being my roundup year episode. I really came in here wanting to chit chat. I was saying where I traveled, I went to Georgia, Virginia, New York, Paris, Paris, France, and Paris, California. Went to Mammoth Mountain, I went to San Diego, I went to Ojai. I went to Laguna Beach. I went to Malibu countless times. And then, of course, New York City. I already said New York, but that's where I began my year. Wow. Okay, so a little dabbling in the traveling. I want 2023, and it's so funny. I can have all the resolutions and goals that I want, but you plan and the universe laughs every single time. But me right now in December of 2022, I would love if 2023 is the year for me of organization and systems. I want this to be a year of habits and routine and my routine has to include spontaneity and fun. I just need guidelines for my larger projects that need structuring. Having a schedule and having a routine does not mean that there's no room for fun or free time. I just need the important things to be scheduled. That way, come the end of each season and the year, I will have completed what I want to do, what my larger goals are that require several weeks or several months to get going. So I'm hoping for that. Wow. I'll come back next week with some more, but off the top of my head, this is where I'm at right now. Now, let's get into your burnout questions to give you advice to make sure that you're ready for the new year. I want you all to end this year on a high note, and if you do end it on a low note, that's fine because you can only go up from there. Whether you like fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. You know the one with the turquoise tube all over your socials? 
Yeah, that's Thrive Cosmetics. And Thrive Cosmetics beauty products are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. Made with clean, skin-loving ingredients, high-performance and trademarked formulas, and uncompromising standards, it's easy to see why their bestsellers have thousands of five-star reviews. I love their Brilliant Eye Brightener. It's a highlight stick made to brighten and open your eyes, giving an instant lift, but also you can... You can apply it down the bridge of your nose or ever so slightly blending a line onto my cheekbone. It's really versatile and easy to blend. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash Lexi. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash L-E-X-I-E for 20% off your first order. You ever want to tap into something a little fun? A fun pair of shoes that are also quite functional? That's a cowboy boot. And get a pair of Tacovas to help. Tacovas is the real deal. They're a really amazing brand. Their boots have this time-honored tradition and take over 200 steps to create. They're designed in Austin, tested in Texas, and made down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. They're also fun. They believe in Western for all. So when you go into a Tacova store, you're greeted like family, offered a boot shine, and a drink. Even the hard stuff if you prefer. And you can get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. You can even get custom leather stamping or branding that makes your boots feel truly one of a kind. So look up your closest store on tacovas.com. As a special opportunity for my listeners, Tacova said that they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps free in any minimum purchase of $100 on Tacovas. Just use code LEXI at checkout. That's L-E-X-I-E. At checkout and add free logo hat to your order. And that's only at tacovas.com. Point your toes west. This podcast is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create beautiful websites, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to content to time, all in one place, all on your terms. You can sell your products on an online store or create custom merch easily to create a passive income stream that engages your audience and scales your brand. Design your products and production inventory and shipping are all handled for you, saving you time and money. Use their analytical insights to grow your business. Learn where your site visits and sales are coming from and analyze which channels are most effective. Improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords or most popular products and content. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com Lexi to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That is squarespace.com L-E-X-I-E. If you're looking for a way to unwind and a fun new beverage, let me tell you about Recess Mood. It's made with real fruit, no added sugar, and infused with functional ingredients so it's not just a sparkling water. It has mood-lifting magnesium and stress-balancing adaptogens so you can relax without the alcohol or the hangover. My favorite flavor is the strawberry rose. Raspberry lemon's also really great. It's nice for when you're chilling on the couch, unwinding at home, treating yourself for a night in. I also don't mind taking them in the car with me. I love a little car roadie. And you deserve a healthier way to unwind. So head to takearecess.com slash Lexi and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. All right, the first question is in regards to school. What if you have school burnout, but you have no choice other than staying in school? It is so hard. School burnout is so frustrating because it doesn't matter what pace you're going at. School has its own decided pace, 
and it's going to keep going with or without you. And if you need a day off, you're just going to be a day behind. And it is incredibly frustrating. Um, What I would recommend is maybe in the upcoming semester to try taking some online courses and see if that's better suited for your um, disciplinary lifestyle. That way, you can move at your own pace. And if you're feeling particularly alert and disciplined on a day, I mean, not that I don't want to use discipline interchangeably with motivation because you might wake up feeling motivated, but if you're not, you should have the discipline to fill the days when motivation... Motivation is an added bonus, but you can't rely on it. I digress. Try testing out an online class for your speed. That way, when you do have some extra motivation you can use that in conjunction with your discipline to get several days ahead i love doing that for example i love working ahead working ahead is so nice and typically the way that we spend our time while procrastinating is similar to the way that we spend our time when we're relaxing but we get to do those activities without the added stress and working ahead at your own pace is so lovely i love when i have edited a video and it's not due for another several days or even a week, and then I can let it rest, and I can revisit it and create more edits and let it rest and then do a final viewing before sending it into the brand or posting it on YouTube, and I always create better content that way because I've worked ahead and been able to give myself ample time to let it sit and revisit it to make sure I'm very proud of it. So I'd recommend trying some online classes or at least one. Someone asked how to help my boyfriend who burns out easily. Okay. This is not the answer you probably want, but this is the answer I'm going to give. I don't know your situation, but remember that codependency is caring about someone's problems more than they care about their problems. So make sure that you're not caring about your boyfriend's burnout more than he cares about his burnout. It's not your job. It's great to support him, but you shouldn't be caring more than he does. How is your relationship with guilt around burnout? I don't ever feel guilty for burning out. I more feel immensely frustrated. I'm I'm bothered that I can't continue going, but I can't. It's out of my control at that point. If I'm physically and mentally and emotionally exhausted and I have nothing left to give, what else am I supposed to do besides recharge? Now, similar to when it comes to a fitness journey, sometimes we need rest or sometimes we just don't need to be doing our maximum amount of effort. So instead of giving up completely, do the easy things or break it into manageable steps. And I think by all means, friends, partners, parents are great for this to give them a call and say, do you have some energy that I can borrow? Because I have this really big project, this really huge exam, and I need to break it into manageable steps, but I don't have the energy to figure out those steps. Can you help me make a plan for myself? Because sometimes that's the hardest part is taking something gigantic and breaking it up into the small pieces. So if you can get your mom, your dad, your grandma, grandpa, best friend, boyfriend, girlfriend, whoever to help you, roommate, classmate, even teacher, oh my god, how did I not think about this? Going to your professor and say, I am experiencing burnout. This has either not been my best week, not been my best month, not been my best semester, but I do care about my grades. Could you help me 
come up with a studying plan for myself. And it's going to take a little bit of humiliation, um, a little bit of humility, I should say, um, but it's so incredibly worth it. And speaking as the daughter of two school teachers, I know that a teacher loves nothing more than hearing a student care. But I also know, as the daughter of two teachers, that nothing pisses a teacher off more than a student not caring and then realizing they're fucked and then trying to scramble. <laughs> Which, I mean, doesn't mean I haven't been there. Doesn't mean we all probably haven't been there at some point. We're like, I've really slacked off and now I'm screwed. And you want the pity grade from your teacher and they hate giving it to you. They hate giving it to you and they don't want to. But then parents call in, they're like, hi child has been going through all of this and then they're like okay well they didn't they didn't do anything in my class I don't want to give them an A just because it's going to make everyone's life easier but sometimes teachers are guilted into giving it's a horrible system but if you've if you've shown some effort and you're slipping a little bit into burnout I think there's there's nothing wrong and then if you have slacked off there's still room for a Hail Mary (laughs) you can still try it I just don't think they'll love it as much but I don't want to uh, dismiss you guys from trying that method altogether. How to push through when you feel your efforts aren't paying off. This is the time for a to done list. Mentally or physically, you can write it down or just think it in your head. All of the things that you've done. If you really don't believe that your efforts have made any difference, I recommend the physical list. Think of what the goal was and think of all of the effort that you've put into it. And I think a lot of you would be surprised by how much farther you are. Though on the spectrum, there is a small percentage that maybe you realize your efforts aren't worth the gain of this goal, or maybe your efforts aren't in the right place and you can shift them. Either way, I think getting a visual of what's going on and what you've done can either give you a sense of gratitude for all the work that you put in, or it can help you reevaluate where your next move is going to be. How to deal with relationship burnout and knowing when to end it. Oh, if you're already experiencing relationship burnout, I mean, that is its own sort of hell because relationships are supposed to be this added bonus to your life, you know? I will say that it is so much better to be single than it is to be in a drowning relationship seriously I've been there and I loved the person but I had to take a look at all of the energy that I had put in to see what we were growing together and also evaluate my age and realize that I was too young to be suffering this soon in a relationship and ultimately I knew that I would be better off without him no matter how much I loved him as a person you got to choose yourself sometimes sometimes you have to choose yourself over the relationship I don't want to encourage a breakup, but I don't want to encourage you guys staying in a relationship that is long overexpired. Oh, someone asked, do you get burnt out constantly posting your, parentheses, very aesthetic life on social media? This is what I try to discuss at the beginning of the episode. There are different phases that I've experienced throughout the week, throughout the year, and throughout the years of posting on social media. Sometimes I want to share it all. I want the internet to be with me during a chapter of life. I want you to know my favorite 
foods and how I make them and what the recipes are. I want you to see the restaurants that I'm eating at and I want to tag them and show you so you can click them and go to them. I want to share with you my new purse and where I got it and where the locations for this store are. I want to show you my new friends and I want my friends in the vlogs and I want to be posting on YouTube and Instagram and on the podcast and I want you to know names and I want you to see faces and other times I don't want to share anything. So having those episodes regarding burnout that was an interesting almost experiment for me because oftentimes when I show up here it's me and my life. So using the episode rather than to share intimate details of my life, I gave you the theme and the season that I'm in, which was burnout. And then I had a resource and was giving tips to solve that overarching issue that I was dealing with that I know a ton of others are. In this season of my life, not only have I not felt inclined to share, I'm secretly loving not sharing because I will say posting on social media can make your friends a little lazy. I'm guilty of this too. If I see what people are up to, I am like, oh, they're at this birthday party. They're at this Christmas party. They're at this dinner party. I don't know why I'm only thinking of parties. They're working on finals. They're on a trip. They're good. They're, I see what they're doing. I know that they're around, but if I haven't seen anything from a friend on their social media, you know what I do then? That's when I call. That's when I reach out, when I haven't seen anything. There are times in my life when I'm doing something very exciting and fun, and I want people to know, look what I'm doing, look how fun this is. But something that I've realized I love borderline even more than that is doing something crazy or fun or exciting, and the only people who know are the people that I was with or the people that I've talked to in person. I love catching up with someone and I have stories to fill them in on, things that they did not see on social media, things that they would have never known otherwise. I love calling friends with a little tidbit, a little fun story. There are chapters where you want that. You don't want social media to bridge the gap between you and a friend you haven't chatted with in a while. Now, it does get a little bit dicier if you're posting content as like a content creator in some sort of occupation. Then I've gotten in in spurts where the only things that I'm posting are promoting the new podcast episode or promoting a new video. YouTube and I have not been vibing lately. I haven't, I'm taking a break from YouTube, but that's just me taking some time to think, reevaluate where I want to go with that. Because right now I'm, it's, we're not, we're not seeing eye to eye. So I'm taking some time editing Lexi. It's January 10th now. We are not only long past Christmas, we're long past New Year's and 10 days into 2023. And back on YouTube, not only have I posted, I posted three videos and working on my fourth. So everything has changed. I am in a season of wanting to share now. But what I just shared is um, relevant for all of us because... I think we all have Instagrams. So do I get burnt out constantly posting? I don't get burnt out posting because I never feel obligated to post. Sometimes my stories, I'll be chatting. Um, Sometimes my stories, I'm sharing a ton. Sometimes I don't have a story for the day. I did get a little burnt out posting on YouTube. Um, It's totally because I was posting less. 
the more often I was posting, the easier it was to post. And the less I posted, the harder it was to post. Super similar to like, you wouldn't believe how much I can get done in a day when I have things to do during the day. If I have nothing to do during the day, you know what I get done during the day? Nothing. It is so hard to build momentum when there's no starting ground. So no, I don't get burnt out from posting on Instagram, but I've gotten burnt out posting on YouTube. I have different relationships with different platforms. You know what I get most burnt out from though? Email. I hate email. I hate email and I hate texting. I like phone calls. I like FaceTime and then I like creating Instagram stories and then hanging out with friends in person. What do I do if I'm tired of my post-grad job and I haven't even been there six months? I would start taking meetings and interviews with other jobs, seeing what else is out there. With the way that the world is, the pace that we're moving right now, things are so much faster than they were. You know, not as many people are staying at jobs for one, two, three decades the way that they were before. And even still, I think it got to the point where you should stay at a job a year. But if it's not the right fit, I think it's more than fine to be in an interview and say, here is my skill set. This is what I'm interested in. I took a job post-grad that ended up being different than how it was presented to me. And I don't think my skills are being utilized to their full potential in a way that's either challenging or satisfying to me. And that's why I'm interested in leaving. And you can always explain that even when you do get another job, but they're like, why weren't you at this one for even six months? You can say, I knew immediately it was a bad fit and there was no reason for me to stay there. Longevity um, and commitment, I can prove in other ways, but I knew myself and this wasn't right for me. I would start looking. I would start taking meetings. Here's another one. How to deal with burnout during a moving process. God, moving is exhausting. Moving's hard, especially if you haven't moved in a while. Because I was moving almost once a year, and it's amazing how much you can accumulate in one year. So if you're moving out of somewhere that you've lived for many years, someplace you've lived for a decade, I mean, it doesn't matter. Someplace, it, it truly doesn't matter. Moving out of somewhere you've only lived for a short period of time is still hard, but it only gets harder the longer that you've stayed because you physically have more stuff. This, similar to what I suggested about school burnout, appoint some friends. I mean, my cousin Morgan, when it comes to dividing and conquering a physical space, we've all taken advantage of her. (laughs) We all use her for her skills. She came over to my place in New York and she helped me organize my closet and really get my room and apartment in order. I know my dad asked her to come down and help me cl- and help him clean out through my mom's stuff and even like my childhood bedroom. And she just went through my bathroom, getting rid of expired makeup and beauty products and stuff like that. Like she was really, you need, you need someone who doesn't have the emotional attachment to the belongings. We all have someone like this in our lives and this is the time to use them. Bribe them with whatever you can. How to avoid burnout working from home, get dressed in the morning, and put on shoes, okay? Put on shoes, and you can either leave your house, go grab some coffee, go on a little walk, get some breakfast, whatever it is, and then come back to your house, sit down, and start working. This is an ADHD tip, so I don't know if it works for people without ADHD, but I get a ton more accomplished when I have my shoes on. 
Second, change up the space. Either clean off your desk, get yourself a new pen, clean your laptop, wipe it down, maybe get a new laptop case, get a new notebook, get a planner, get yourself something that's going to excite you to work. A new coffee mug. Rearrange the furniture. Find a new space in your house to work. Maybe work outside your house. Find a co-working space. Maybe that could be something to look into for the new year. Make a shift in your routine to make it more exciting for yourself. I was asked what my longest period of burnout has been. That's a great question. Probably sometime in high school because I didn't have the toolkit emotionally that I do now where I can recognize the signs and see that I'm coming to a dead end and I need to back up and change directions. I can see that I'm treading water, whereas before, I just thought that was what growing up was. I was like, oh, you're like swimming around when you're a kid, you know, you're in the shallow end, then you get a little deeper, and then all of a sudden you get tired of swimming and and you're just treading water and then you think that that's what adulthood is, at least that's what I thought when I was a teenager. And then you realize, no, 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 there's there's so much in this ocean of life. You have friends, there's floaties, you can go back to the shallow end for a little bit of time or as long as you want, you can live there. You can keep swimming, there's boats, there's so many tools and resources. You are not just treading water. So my longest period of burnout probably had to be like the, almost the entirety of 2013. And it it's only gotten easier since. Ooh, this is such a good question. I don't have an answer for this yet, but I would hope to have an answer by next year. Best recovery routine. This I have not figured out. I'm really good at recognizing the signs when I need to slow down or take a beat, but I've not developed a recovery routine. This is something that I need to write down. How to not get anxious or feel guilty when you're taking a break. I don't know who needs to hear this, but taking a break is not selfish it is self-preservation. Resting is not indulgent. It is required. A body can't run without rest. A body can't just keep going. Your mind can't keep going. And if you've been pushing it towards the brink and not giving it the proper time to recover, the amount of time that you're able to continue going is going to get shorter and shorter and shorter because you haven't given yourself time to recover. So don't get anxious and it's probably going to take a little bit of trial and error and it's probably going to take time to retrain your brain when it's an afternoon and you know that you need to get in some comfy clothes under the covers and take a nap and you're going to feel really weird you might feel like you're on the brink of a panic attack when you're getting to bed. You're like, this is wrong. This is incorrect. You are going to sit there and you're going to say, Lexi told me that I need this and this is good for me. And maybe it's not getting under the covers and taking a nap. Maybe you've been inside all day. I'll be the little voice in your head. I am happy to do that. Or I'm going to whisper, it's time to go outside and walk in the fresh air. It's that time. You need it. You need to stand up, you need to take some deep breaths, and you need to get outside. Or you're studying and it's time to go to bed. Go to bed. It's going to take time to learn, but it's a skill that's essential. It is self-preservation. How to know the difference between burnout and being exhausted? Exhausted is a component in burnout. Burnout is when you've surpassed exhaustion and you're physically, mentally, and emotionally exhausted. You have 
nothing left to give and it's going on and one night of rest is not cutting it. And you probably, I'm sure a ton of us, I know I probably have before, have used them interchangeably, but I think exhaustion is when you're on your way to burnout. You pass exhaustion when you're on your way to burnout. Is burnout an event or a perpetual state? Burnout is an event. Burnout is a period of time. However, if you don't properly recover and end the stress cycle, it's going to become a perpetual state. But at any given time, if you realize you've been living in a perpetual state of burnout, you can get yourself out. It is not a permanent state. Burnout versus allowing time to be uninspired. It feels like hustle culture overhypes productivity. Burnout is not just not being in the mood. That's fine. It is more than fair for you to just not be in the mood to be doing school. You're like, I'm kind of bored. You know, there are certain aspects I remember when I was moving. I was like, I do not feel like packing a box full of sweaters. That doesn't sound fun. It's not that I physically can't. I just don't feel like it, you know, whereas burnout is like the idea of opening up a box I think would make me collapse. (laughs) I actually have nothing left to give. I have nothing in me. And having times that you feel uninspired is normal and expected and we shouldn't be surprised when they come and it's not anything serious. We're not going to be inspired and delighted and motivated during every season of our life. Burnout comes from when we're ignoring times of rest and we're demanding too much of ourselves and we're not recovering and we're completely stressed at any given moment. You don't need to be productive. I'm the first to say that I don't think productivity is even in my top five most important values. I don't think it may not even make it top 10. I love having a goal and I love working to achieve it, but I don't want to be on my deathbed being like, you know what? I was goddamn productive. No, I want so many more things, so many different things. So be uninspired. Allow yourself to not be super productive, but that's not being burnt out. Do I think that burnout is a cycle? I recommend you guys listening to my last two episodes if you haven't already. Yes, burnout is a cycle, but it's a cycle that you can break. And until you break it or learn how to break it when it occurs, you will continue living in the cycle. Oh, I love this question. Any simple weekday activities to make the work week more enjoyable? I love having some sort of fun activity within my day. And some weekdays, they're larger than others, like inviting friends over to cook dinner or going to get dinner with a friend or even going out. Some days I'll go to a coffee shop and get a nice coffee drink. Maybe I'll take a sunset hike. If you're an early bird, maybe you could take an early morning hike. Or even like they're suggesting in the artist's way, taking yourself on a creativity date. So having one day after work, instead of going straight home, you stop at an art gallery and you pop in. I think it's important that our work weeks can be just as fun as our weekends and to make sure that you're not pouring all of your energy into your career and it's important to have fun outside your work and energy outside your work. It's going to change depending on where you live but if you're in a city there are so many things to explore and uh, in terms of shops and restaurants and Um, museums, etc. But if you're in somewhere beautiful, 
uh, that's more rural. There's so much to explore as well, like going to a nursery or there's all the holiday activities. Like one day after work, you could drive down the neighborhoods that have all the beautiful Christmas lights. Um, what are other fun activities? I don't know. I could definitely make an entire episode about this. I love that. I love the idea of thinking of simple weekday activities to make your work week more enjoyable. So this is going to give me something to think about. If you guys love this podcast, please go on the podcast stop and rate it five stars and give me a review and then I can have something fun to read. And I love you guys so much and I will talk to you very soon. And if I don't talk to you until next year, happy new year. XOXO, Lexi. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.